how it lights my path, how it guides my way. Turn to God's Word together this morning in just a moment. We're going to read um, from Isaiah chapter 55. Does that surprise anybody? Did you think we were in another book? Yes, good. No, no. Some of you are like, nah, no idea <laughs> what's going on week to week. We are taking a little break. We have a free passage this morning, taking a little break from our journey through Philippians, which has been really good. And this morning, we are going to be thinking about these verses from Isaiah chapter 55, and Alex is going to preach to us in a moment. So if you want to follow with me, I'll read us these verses. Isaiah 55. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. Behold, I've made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you will call a nation you do not know, and a nation which knows you not will run to you because of the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord. And he will have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, the cypress will come up, and instead of the nettle, the myrtle will come up, and it will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign which will not be cut off. Amen. Beautiful words. Let's pray for Alex as he shares on them 
with us. Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you so much for Alex, Lord. We bless him in Jesus' name. We ask for the filling of your spirit afresh now as he shares with us. And Lord, may all the things that you've put and stirred in his heart, Lord, come forth to us on that flow of the river of your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Debbie. Morning, everyone. How powerfully God has been speaking to us already. And yeah, what a wonderful privilege to be able to turn to God's word together now. When Debbie told me that um, it was a free passage, um, I thought, well, it's going to be the Sunday that launches, um, what's it called? Summer Project. And, and so I've asked them to, to, to put it up because I thought the, the title is Anyone Thirsty? What better thing to preach on? I don't have to think, oh, what shall I preach on, Lord? This, this Sunday launches Summer Project. And the theme for Summer Project is, is Anyone Thirsty? I thought, you know what? There's two places in the Bible where I remember that phrase being from. John chapter 7, on the last and greatest day of the feast, when Jesus rose up and shouted, Is anyone thirsty? Come to me and I will give you rivers of living water. I actually preached on that last year at the end of Summer Project. So that's why I've gone with Isaiah 55 because that's the other place where this phrase occurs. Is anyone thirsty? And I know maybe in the Bibles you're reading, um, it doesn't start that way. But in the New Living Translation, it starts exactly that way. Is anyone thirsty? And Debbie has already done a great job of reading it to us. And even though I'm not going to be preaching on all the verses, because I don't think I would do it justice, I wanted all the verses to be read out. Because my hope was that, even if I don't touch on the end verses, that perhaps Holy Spirit would be highlighting it for you. And there might be things in those bottom verses that I don't touch on that was for you this morning. And that's what I'm trusting that God is doing. So I'm actually going to be re- I'm actually going to read it one more time. So if you weren't so tuned in when Debbie was reading just now, I encourage you to really be tuned in right now because like I said I've been praying that actually God would speak to us from these verses, even the ones that I don't touch on. And did you catch what it says in verse 10 and 11 by the way just before I read it? As I was preparing I thought, yeah, this is why I want to read the whole chapter. Did you catch what it says about God's word? The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. That's the power of God's word. So I'm going to read this chapter all over again, this time in the New Living Translation. My prayer is perhaps as you hear it in a different translation that you're not familiar with. Also, because God's spirit has promised that his word goes forth and does what he means it to do. Come Holy Spirit, do that now even as the reading of your word goes out. So listen to it. Isaiah 55 in the New Living Translation. Is anyone thirsty? 
come and drink. Even if you have no money, come, take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey. Because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thoughts of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. Amen, Lord. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. There will be an everlasting sign of his power and love. Amen. Amen. So, I wonder, is anyone thirsty this morning? Is anyone thirsty? Not just like thirsty for water, as I imagine many of us may be, but thirsty that's the question that this chapter starts with and actually in the, ver- in the version that Debbie read it actually starts with ho I thought wow it just it reminded me of the time when Jesus got up at that great feast like I said I imagine he found some tall place to stand on because he was trying to get everyone's attention there would have been a great crowd This has a similar feeling to how it starts. It's, ho, you, is anyone thirsty? It it, it is such a strong reflection of what I think God's heart is. That desperation to see people come, to see his children satisfied. 
And you know what? I was thinking, if you're here today, you've already somewhat answered my question about being thirsty. Because you're here. You know, there was once a time when going to church on a Sunday was the respectable thing to do. Like, you just go to tick off the box to kind of look good among your neighbors. But we're not, we're not at that time anymore. The fact that you're here at church today means that you actually want to be here. It means that there's some kind of thirst in you already. So I just, I just wanted to acknowledge that. And I guess my encouragement for us is that once we are here, to maintain that thirst, to kind of then not go through the motions, oh, this is what I do every Sunday, but to maintain that thirst. And, you know, I know there are a few in here who are doing summer projects. And, yeah, welcome Irene, Irene, and Judith, and Mel, and, and, and Christian. Um, I know you guys are involved. There may be some, some others of us involved as well. I want to encourage you this week that as you approach each day, that you wake up saying, Lord, it's me. I am the one who is thirsty. Fill me so that I can be your vessel today. Because I think it's easy for us to hear this and just think it's for those, it's directed at those who are not yet Christian. Those who are out there, those whose summer project is targeted to. But I would just encourage each of us, whether you're doing summer project this week or not, but particularly I want to challenge, encourage you guys who are doing it to actually have that thirst each day as you start today. To have that thirst as you go into each day. Did you notice that the call is to anyone? Or in the translation that Debbie read, for everyone. It reminded me just recently in, in house group, we were looking at that, that chapter in Revelations 3 that talked about, um, I stand and knock at the door. If anyone opens the door, I will come in. And, and I think whoever was leading asked us to reflect on what does that verse show us of God's heart. And I remember my group, we were talking about how just that invitation was for anyone. If anyone would open the door to him, he is ready to come. And it's a similar feeling here. Is anyone thirsty? Is is, is anyone? It's for everyone. There's no limitation to to who this invites. This invite. It doesn't exclude anyone. And, And what is it an invitation to? It's to come and drink. It's to come and drink. Even if you have no money. Because that might be the, the, the immediate objection. I, I, don't, I, I don't qualify because I don't have any money. Or I don't have this. Or I don't have that. Or I'm not good enough. Or, well, it's like leave all the exceptions behind. It's, it's anyone. You don't have to have money. You don't have to be all made up. You don't have to all be, have, have thought everything through. It's for everyone. And I wrote in my notes, thank God. Thank God. Because if the invite, if this offer of Jesus for, for satisfaction, for salvation, if you had to pay for it, a couple of you might be able to afford, nah, none of us, none of us would be able to afford it. I certainly wouldn't. That's why I've put there, 
Thank God. Thank God. But just in case, just in case there was anyone thinking, oh, I think I'm doing all right, actually. It's, it's a call to you. Your, your money actually can't buy this. It, it tells you to leave your self-sufficiency behind. Your money can't buy this. He invites us to come and take your choice of wine or milk. I had to laugh when I read this because I thought, if you're thirsty, surely water is what you're being invited to drink. But actually, it's wine or milk that Jesus gives. Not just, perhaps there's water as well, but he says, come. I was cracking up when I was preparing this because a couple of weeks ago when I was doing, doing um, refreshments at the back, there was a kid who will remain unnamed who um, kept on coming and asking for milk, like not water, not anything else, milk. Like he would go away, drink it, come back. Alex, can I have some more, please? And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking our milk supply is very limited, you know. On a Sunday, we only have the one jar, and it has to go around for all these teas and coffees. So if I keep on giving you milk, it's going to run out. And, and at some point, eventually, I had to say, oh, maybe you should have water now. What do you, what do you think about water? But he's obviously read this verse. <laughs> like, maybe the rest of us haven't, haven't read it, but he's read this. He's thinking, why should I just have water when I can have milk? Milk and wine. Wine reminded me of it's the stuff of celebration, isn't it? It's the stuff of joy. We remember when Jesus turned water to wine. He gives us that milk. Think of the land flowing with milk and honey. For a minute I thought, is it, is it milk and wine? Oh no, it's, it's actually milk and honey. But what does milk signify? Growth, sustenance. It's what, that's why you give it to babies, right? that can grow growth sustenance celebration joy that's found with Jesus that's what he will give give us when we go to him and it's all free (laughs) that verse finishes by saying it's all free even wine and milk even though I was running out at the back a couple of weeks ago There is a plentiful supply with Jesus that will never run out. And it's all free. It's all free. This is the point where the skeptics are thinking, is it though? Is it all free? Not, you know, something, that little voice in our head that tells us nothing in life is free. Okay, well, let's read on and see see how free it is. Look at verse 2. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Again, this really struck me because I thought this was a matter of thirst. But all of a sudden, it's talking about food. And this is what I love about God. He will give us the things that we don't even realize we need. That's good for us. Like any good parent. You might have just gone to him thinking, I'm just desperate for water. But God your father knows that you will need more than water for the journey. 
So he says, come, I'll not just give you water and milk and, and wine. You will have food as well. Like any good parent, he's looking out for our best interests. Even when we don't realize we need it. Then he goes on to say, listen to me. And you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Actually, before I come on to that, I want to explore a little bit just that question that the, the writer asked. Why pay for food that does you no good? Why spend money on the things that, give you, that will not give you strength? I just, for a minute, thought about all the things that our society sells us as being the thing that will give you strength. The thing that will satisfy you. And as I say that, you pro- a, a, a few things probably come to mind. I'll share with you some of the ones that, that come to my mind. The, the cell for, for atheism. There's no God. Right? Well, if there's no God, that's not a good place to be because that means there's, there's not going to be hope. They try and sell us materialism. You know, that saying, who has the most toys wins. Or the, this whole idea that I am what I wear. It's just about what you look like. Just the emptiness that that results, that that results in. The lack of identity that it results in. It leaves you more thirsty than you were before. Just all the lies around sex and sexuality in our society. You know, anything goes. Just be who you are. Be whatever you want to be. No wonder that doesn't satisfy Because if it's against our nature, if it's unnatural, if it's not how God designed um, sex to be and sexuality to be, of course, it's not going to satisfy. How about the lies around morality? You know, this whole idea that as long as you're not hurting anyone else, you're fine. That's the rule for morality. Just as long as you're not hurting anyone else. What about the damage you're doing to yourself? Everything around relationships, it's just so sad. This whole hookup culture, friends with benefits, one night stands, like that's what's going to satisfy you. All the time just destroying each other. How about the lies around money? Get rich or die trying. You heard that one? I mean, if that one was true, then all the people who are rich, why are they still so, so messed up? Well, how about all the lies around just like individualism? Just live for you. Put you first. Climb to the top. Don't worry about anyone else. Just, just do you. It leaves you without purpose. Because no, you're not living for anything bigger. We know that, right? Jesus said it. He said, it's he who loses his life who will find life. And then just the last one I I put down was just the lies around sensuality. If it feels good, it must be good. And I just go by your feeling, live, live by your feeling. That's also a lie. That also doesn't get us anywhere. I put that one last because I think it's probably a good summary of everything else that comes above. It's just like if it feels good, if it seems good, go for it. 
But then I remembered Proverbs 14, 12, which says, there is a way that seems good to a man. There's a way that seems right. But in the end, it leads to death or destruction. But listen to what God says. He says, no, don't, don't listen to that. Listen to me. Listen to me. So yeah, for those of you who were thinking, ah, it's all free. Is it really? There must be a condition. This is the condition that I can see in this chapter. That actually, it's not just like we, in, in, in the refectory in our, in our school, there's a grab and go section. But with this, it's not, it's not a grab and go thing. You actually have to come in and eat. You actually have to come in and, and listen. There's, there's actually a relationship element that God is inviting you to. It's not just I want to get all I can from God and then go. No, God is saying no. It comes with relationship. This good stuff that I have to offer comes with relationship. actually comes from listening to me. Then you will have all this good stuff. In another translation, it says you will have food for your soul. Food for your soul. The best that anything of the world can offer us can, can, can at best satisf- satisfy our bodies. And like I've said with a couple of them, I'm not even sure if it does that. It does the opposite. Destroy our very bodies. But let's say it even does satisfy us in one dimension. What about our soul? What about our spirit? Only Jesus offers that. And so my encouragement to us as a church, as I um, kind of round up speaking about verse 2, and, and actually what I've just said here will become even clearer, even, even more solidified as we go on to, to verses 3 and 5. But I think I just wanted to leave us with the encouragement at this point. For those of us who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and I'm glad to say I know that that is true of many of you um, in front of me today. Those of us who have tasted, can I encourage us to be proactive? Not only proactive, but persevering in pointing others to that source of life. Because we've tasted, they're still going around chasing one thing or the other. But if you have tasted... And that's what Summer Project is about. That's what all the different outreaches that we do is about. I encourage us, let's be looking for ways to to be the salt. Salt is good. Salt is a preservative. We have good stuff to offer to be the light. Light reminded me of, of being hope in the midst of darkness, hope in a hopeless place. To be a city on a hill. To be those who show a better way. Who show a kingdom way. Yeah, I wrote this little prayer down. May our lives show a better way because we are in relationship with the author of life. Amen. Let's go on to verse 3 to 5. Like I said... 
what it said in verse 2 is emphasized even more in these common verses. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I've used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. And in verse 5, you also will command nations you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey. Because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Did you catch that? Active listening again. Come, but when you come, come with your ears wide open. Listen. Like I said, it's not just like be there passively. I just want what is for me so I can get on with my life. There's a real invite. There's a real condition, I would even say, to be active in that relationship. It goes back to what I said earlier on about having come, we have to remain desperate. We have to remain thirsty. We have to remain, Lord, I need you so much. Not just on a Sunday to Sunday basis, but on a Monday, I need you so much. On a Tuesday, I need you so much. Every single day of the week, Lord, I need you so much. Because if I go a day without you, I don't know what will happen to me. We need to have that kind of desperation. And then God says this. If you will maintain that posture, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. What's, what's this covenant with, with, with David? If I can sum it up. It's the same kind of covenant that God made with people before David. The covenant with Abraham. I want to bless you and through you be a blessing to the nations, to Noah, different people, all the way to to David. Through David and his descendants, God wants to give an endless witness to the world. And we know that God did do it through David's descendants. We know that Jesus, our Lord, comes through David an everlasting covenant that covenant still stands today that covenant is what has brought us into relationship with God verse 4 says see how I've used him as a display as a witness to my power among the peoples I made him a leader among the nations goes back to what I said about once we've come to the Lord, once we're in relationship with him, once we've tasted and seen. It's not then just kind of sit down and enjoy and wait till heaven. But it's actually, I want to use you. In the same way I use David, I want to use you. I want to use you as a witness. I want to make you a leader among the nations. Isn't it an awesome thought? 
Isn't an awesome thought? Verse 5, you, will also, you also will command nations you do not know. And peoples unknown to you will come running to obey. Because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. What a promise. What purpose it gives to our lives. What purpose? Have you ever thought that God wants to use you in the same way that he used David? For the nations. For the nations. And like I always say about London, there is no greater city in the world that has potential to reach the nations than us who are living in London. Why do I say that? Is it, is it just because I'm a London boy? No, it's, it's because statistically London has the, is the city that has the most tribes represented in it. The most tribes of people, tribes, languages, people around the world. Apparently New York comes a close second but London is, 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 is out there. So on any given day of the week, going about our daily lives, we will be bumping into people from the nations. We'll be bumping into people who, who are from places that we may never get to go. Even if we wanted to go. Because they may be closed to the gospel. They may be closed to Christians. But I remember one year having this awesome thought of imagine if I bring to faith someone from one of these countries that I can't go to. They take hold of faith. They are discipled. Imagine if they then go to those countries and villages and cities that I can't ever go myself. The gospel gets to that place. That's the potential that I'm talking about that London has. It's one of the reasons why I've, I haven't left London. I remember getting to a point in my life where I was just thinking, oh, London's expensive. You know, I'm, I'm a kind of adventurous type of guy. I like change. Maybe it's time to go and live somewhere else and, and, and all this kind of stuff. But then when the Lord, the, 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 the 180, I was going to say 360, but it's 180, right? When you turn the other way. The 180 happened in my heart when God showed me the potential that London has, which no other place has. That's why I'm still in London today. This is what God can do with us. What purpose it gives to our lives. And let me just sum up the conditions that I said I saw. It's if we come if we choose to accept that invite and come to him. And when we come, we remain thirsty. We take all that the Lord has for us. We drink from him. We eat from him. And then it requires us to listen with ears wide open. To remain, not to try and grab and go but to remain in that relationship, to eat and dine. And we are promised that we will find life and that God will use us to help others find life. That's the promise. That's what excites me from these five verses. And it's where I'm going to stop, but I do 
just want to, because we read it, I do just want to kind of highlight those latter verses. Did you catch the invitation to be forgiven in verses 6 and 7? Seek the Lord while you, while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thoughts of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. That is our God. That is our God. If there's anyone who's carrying anything that they just think, oh man, this, this thing is just too bad. I really let down the Lord there, or I really let down myself there, or I really, you know, if you're carrying any thoughts like that, please do not go away with that thought. Because this invitation in this chapter includes the invitation to receive God's forgiveness. Verses 8 and 9, did you see the reminder there that God's ways, God's thoughts are better than ours? God's ways and God's thoughts are better than ours. So if, if there's any way where we've been tempted to just go our way, to just like, because you've been waiting on the Lord for so long and nothing seems to come coming through, you just feel like uh, maybe I need to do something. Maybe I need to engineer something. Maybe, maybe God has forgotten about me. Maybe, you know, maybe this, maybe that. You're tempted to kind of just carve your way or go your way. Please be reminded that God has the best for you. His thoughts are higher than yours. His ways are higher than, 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 than ours. I remember when I used to say to the Lord, Lord, why don't you give me a wife now? You know I'm ready. <laughs> I, that was obviously a few years ago. Uh, not like I wasn't asking for a second wife or anything like that. Uh, 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 this was a few years ago when I was close to my 30s, then going over my 30s and starting to feel the pressure from different angles and then just saying to the Lord, I feel like I am prepared. I feel that, I feel that, why don't you do God reminds us, I know you better than you know yourself. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than ours. Verse 10 and 11, I covered at the start about God's word, the power it has to change us, the power it has to accomplish all that God purposes it for. And then verse 12 and 13 is just a prayer that I want to pray over us as we finish. I was thinking that we're about to go into a new week. Just yesterday, we started a new month. We are entering this summer season. And we are turning. This is the halfway point of the year. We've now had six months, six months to go. We're entering the second half of the year. So I just want to leave this, this prayer over us as we approach a new week, new month new season, second half of the year. God, as we go, I pray this prayer over your, your people, your children, this body of Christ. You will live in joy and peace 
The mountains and hills will burst into song and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. There will be an everlasting sign of his power and his love. Amen. Let your living word abide in me so richly as I abide in you. Let your living